0: I'd, I'd watch you. See, I will not be called a phony under
1: any circumstances. We talk Here it comes,
0: yeah. We Talk games. Come on, We Talk it go no! I didn't think that thing would get ten feet. No!
2: And we will go! Stay with the bird, Wiggly. Stay with the bird, Wiggly. <laughs> fuck it we'll do it live yeah everybody's saying that now everybody's saying a lot of things you know what people it's, are saying words words hate oh. sentences bunch of bullshit i am wiggly true. one part of the we talk games crew tonight and on the uh, discord hey b- by the way uh, we can now alert for spoilers spoiler alert awesome who's awesome on feature
0: that's me kyle von Kubik.
2: oh if you didn't know that spoiled I put the spoiler alert up. Ring that bell. Be sure to subscribe to iTunes. Yeah. Go to Apple and say, I want to subscribe to iTunes. Make sure you ring the bell and comment below. And if you want to be notified, ring the bell. Hey, guys. (laughs) Hey, YouTube. It's your boy, Wiggy. If you hear that, then you know that I don't have a soundboard today. And we're getting ready to do something very special that we've never done on uh, We Talk Games. And that is a a, a top 10 list of our favorite arcade games of all time. We're back to doing uh, Arcade Weekly, uh, at least for today. (laughs) And we're so great, we're young and fresh, that we have to do a top 11 list. Out of thousands and thousands and thousands of arcade games, we had to pick just 10 and we couldn't. We had to pick 11. Hello. Hi, I hear you now. What happened? I don't know, cops. Oh, I thought you were ignoring me when I was talking, then I realized you couldn't hear me. Couldn't hear you at all. Couldn't hear you Mm. whatsoever.
0: All right. Wiggly, do you know why we haven't done lists in the past? Because they're dumb. (laughs) I was going to say, because we're not hacks.
2: Yeah, everybody does a a list, you know, and I was was listening to some lists, and I was like, Jesus, this is a cottage industry. And I was... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I said well, we ought to get in on that. Yeah, get in on the ground floor. It's so easy, especially to pick from twenty-two thousand arcade Millions games of arcade games. Yeah. I think there's, I think there's between twenty-two and uh, some people say twenty-five thousand. Other people. We just said have to
0: consult the killer list of video games. games.
2: Oh, we do have to do that. Okay, yeah. so it says
0: gazillion on this a list. Gazillion, a gazillion arcade games.
2: Was oh, how many of them are Puckman, Pockyman, Adventure? One. That's right, one. You're absolutely correct. We're going to do our top 11 list because Mm -hmm. we are We Talk Games, and that's just how we roll. Right. And then we'll also probably talk about how we tried to whittle it down to 11. How hard was it for you? Are we doing bottom up or or top down? Well, how do you think? I like starting at the low number, working our way to the top. That's how you do. You don't start i I've seen
0: goofballs do it the other way.
2: Well, what's wrong with
0: them? Do they have no sense of
2: order? I I do not know. This is a countdown. And again, this is new to us, so I want to make sure we're on the same page. Well, I've given awards before. I've been part of the Swiffies. Mm -hmm. I even have my Swiffy award right here. Uh, I never got a Swiffy. Well, you don't deserve it. I I never got a I Miss Kyle. (laughs) No one ever says that. I got the 2008 (laughs) Swiffy Awards for Best Podcast, Wiggly, No Last Name Given. There he is. I was there,
0: I remember. I, too, had earbuds in hearing this.
2: Yeah, so fuck it.
0: We've talked a lot of arcade games in the past, Whaley.
2: We have, and we have to put an asterisk by the arcade games that we have already talked about Mm -hmm. on uh, our Arcade Weekly. And how can you get to those episodes?
0: Oh, you go to wetalkgames.com slash in the can.
1: Yeah.
2: And a lot of my picks are on there. Yeah, me me too, uh, some. Yeah. And some will surprise you that they are not. Mm. And some probably will never surprise you that they are. <laughs> uh, especially like Monster Brawler. Monster Brawler. What's it? Death Braid? Death Mutant Braid. Fighter? Mutant Fighter. Yeah. yeah.
1: Okay. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> oh, my goodness. I just, yeah, so it's, I, it's I just peed a little. <laughs>
2: I heard like the echo coming out of your other ear. <laughs> <laughs> okay so you want i should go first uh
0: rock paper scissor
2: and you yes go first okay everyone why does everyone do scissors every time um to start paper Uh-oh. rock scissor Uh-oh. you it's thailand hold on hello hello baby who is this oh hello hello your wife oh i see can i call you back okay are you sure Okay. Bye, Are you sure? Because I'll drop bye. the call with this herb in a second. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. Normally, when she wakes up, she sounds like a man. So, uh, fortunately, she didn't sound like a man. Not at all. She sounded all right. <laughs> Woo-hoo! Yeehaw! And she feels the same way, and that's what's... wee wow! So, who's going to go first? I will. You. That's right. I forgot about that. Number 11. Starting at number 11...
1: From my 19, child is trying to is, sleep.
2: I don't know if this is really... Is this exciting? I think it's exciting. I'm stoked. It's not working out the way I thought, though. Like, maybe we need music on in the background or something. Yeah, put it in post. My number 11th video game of all time... Now, remember, yeah. this will probably changed tomorrow. You know, that, you that's, sure? the, that's the problem with top 10 lists of your favorite things. If you don't have new favorite things, uh, well, then you're dummy. The only thing that has stayed number one in my life has been Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. That's that is my one. favorite video game as well. It's my favorite video game. It's my favorite <laughs> video Spoilers! game system. Discord, you should have told us. Yes, and my third—is it my second or my third? Is Blues Brothers? And then, and then, 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 there's a tie for three. I think. I think second right, is as far is as, as films. A tie yeah. for three. Yeah. Can't remember falling down with Michael Douglas. You like It'll that one? Be my, yeah, it's my favorite. It's a film good go-to. It's a good go-to uh, yeah. for me. Different I like strokes it. for different folks, man. I don't stroke it as much as I. Uh, tell should. me what you stroked
0: it to for number eleven.
2: Number eleven was a 1986 game by mm-hmm. Capcom that I reviewed okay. with John E. Capcom, and it's called the Speed Rumbler. Oh, interesting. <laughs> Ow. Ow. Why are there CDs falling? <laughs> this is ridiculous. CDRs. Okay, so that's my number uh that's my number 11. The Speed Rumbler. Describe the game cuz I'm I'm at a loss. I can't I even picture it. Of course I will. So, okay. I like Bump and Jump. So, I was going to put mm-hmm. Bump and Jump as one of my favorite titles, but then I was like, you know, but the Speed Rumbler. It's sort of like bump and jump, except you don't jump, but you bump, and you also have a machine gun and things like this, but you're going through Mad Max territory, and okay. you're trying to save this family, Yes, and I'm remembering uh, you're now. a real tiny car, but you can go in all directions, and you can shoot different places, and you try not to run into different things, and then you shoot an outhouse or something, and there's a person in there, and he can escape and give you good stuff. Then when your car blows up, you could try to jump out of your car, and you're this really tiny dude because your car is mm-hmm. tiny. You're this really tiny dude, and like cars are firing at you, and tanks are shooting at you, and you're trying to run around and <laughs> jump and dodge and things until your car responds.
0: Top Down reminds Top me down. a lot of, obviously this game came way before, but the early... Iterations of Grand Theft Auto that you play on the PC. Only mm. the cars were a lot smaller in this arcade game.
2: Yeah, they're they're smaller, but the game is fully realized as far as its environment. And sure, then when yeah. you get to your goal at the end, then all the mechanics come together. And, you know, it's real dystopian future tech and low tech, high tech, low tech, all that type of stuff. Battlestar Galactica. Like that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's Mad
2: Max. What do you basically. got with number 11 there, Pat? My
0: number 11 mm-hmm. uh, is 1982's Zookeeper by Taito. <laughs>
2: Zookeeper. Hey, yeah. uh, you're going to try to uh, whip that animal?
0: Well, all right. So the first time I played Zookeeper, as I described on the episode that you can listen to at wetalkgames.com slash in the can, it was at Barcade in Williamsburg, Brooklyn, with our very own Wiggly Chick. Hmm. That was the first time I played it, which was the actual cabinet. And it's a very strange title where you're a zookeeper and you are surrounding a cage with bricks and you're trying to keep animals in the cage, kind of, but the area around the cage, the area within the brick walls that you're building, and they can eat through the bricks. It doesn't matter what animal they are. They can be a snake, a giraffe, a lion. They will eat through the bricks, and you are rewarded points with the amount of bricks that you build around them, and also while keeping them in the container. There's also different opportunities for point multipliers where you might want to let them out because you get points for jumping over them. If the animals touch you, you die instantly. Uh, and similar to Pac-Man, there is a power-up that makes you invincible. And it looks like an axe, but it's actually a <laughs> zookeeper's net. And uh, yeah, fond memory of Wiggly saying, get the axe, slaughter the animals, <laughs> as I was running around the perimeter of uh, this game.
2: It's very unique. It's, um, Can I mention what it looks like? What year was this?
0: 1982.
2: This is 1982 Inception. <laughs> Do you understand what I mean? <laughs> no, please describe. Oh, you describe. don't? Because no. it's, big, it's just a rectangle on a screen, and mm-hmm. you're flat man going yes. around this rectangle, no gravity. Right. You stick to the rectangle like you stick to the globe. Yes, uh, and, and the
0: jump is very floaty. It's fast and loose, but it's also like... Control wise, I find it to be very tight and it's a very enjoyable experience. There are these weird like bonus stages in between where you're doing platforming that would be akin to a oh, right. uh, knockoff of Donkey Kong. Uh which aren't the best moments of the game. No um, but wish they weren't there. The, yeah. The the design is very fast and loose, but it's it's a lot of fun, at least in my opinion, and it's a unique little title that I don't think would be on many people's list. But for me, man, I had a list of like 30 games, and I just had to keep whittling down, whittling down. I, I I did it like this. If I had these cabinets in front of me, these 30 games in front of me, which 11 would I go to? Mm-hmm. And so that's what I did, and then I started putting them in order, and, and Zookeeper made the cut.
2: So I see. Zookeeper
0: number 11.
2: Very good. So, so far, you guys should play the Speed Rumbler and Zookeeper Zookeeper I love, but I'm telling you, because it's 1982 and how much they were trying to accomplish, you know, it's like Wizard of War. You you have this inception thing going on if you were trying to really be that person in that environment. It's really Mm -hmm. fun to look at how you had to represent your ideas with so few pixels. And speaking of so few pixels and moving your entire team around at one time, (sighs) you have a lot of sports games. All right, number 10 is 10, Yard Fight. Oh, okay, I did not expect this. We did not review this in the past. No, we have not. 1983 by Taito. Our buddies at Taito, or as other people call it, Tito. No one calls it that. It's footballs. But your footballs is your entire team. So I don't know what else... It could be oh Wiggly the like, lawyers
0: just called. It's actually called the big game.
2: A ten yard fight is.
0: <laughs> we we're, we can't say uh, footballs. We can only oh, say yeah. the big game. But actually, you start at the copyright. little game
2: because you start with the pee wee league. Yes, and then you work your way up until you're in, you know in the pros. But basically, it's a vertical game, and you control the entire team, and you're just trying to get ten yards. Yes. And you fight to get them. (laughs) Hence, (laughs) 10-yard fight. (laughs) So you're working your way up the field, and since you control everybody, you try to knock some of your men into uh, the opposing team so that they block them, and then Uh you keep trying to work your way up uh, just to get into the 10 yards you're trying to go fight for to go to the next next level. And I hope
0: this doesn't surprise me. Actually, it does surprise me that it's on your list, but it doesn't surprise me that you like this game because in the past, and stop me if this is also on your list, but you have expressed your fondness
2: for Atari football. Oh, yeah, I love Atari football. I thought it was kind of in the same
0: way, but with literal (laughs) X's and O's on a black and white
2: monitor. And you need an opponent. Right, it's tabletop, you need an opponent and it uses roller balls.
0: Yeah, a lot of early Atari titles uh, because this was the birth of the arcade, there was no AI, so like Pong, you needed somebody else to play with you, otherwise you did not have a very fun experience. The same goes for Atari Football.
2: And I can't remember exactly because I haven't played it since it was in the arcades. Uh, First of all, it's black and white. It's raster graphics. Mm -hmm. One person is X's, one person is O's. I think you mentioned that. And they show a couple patterns that they suggest for you to try to run. Yep. And um, I think you can pass. There's these momentary switches that are lit up. (laughs) Talk about, uh, you know, LEDs. Yep. This had LEDs, and I can't remember how many buttons it had. I'm going to say three or four. And those were the different types of plays you could you could run and i think one of them was a pass button but it's a lot of fun if you have two players and don't get the side of your hand stuck in between the <laughs> rollerball and the rollerball table it's on crevice. yeah yeah it, there's a little crevice there that you could ouch especially don't right. put your dick in there ow man i never yeah. again man fool me once shame on you shame on me me won't get fooled again so 10 year fight, fight?
0: Uh, yeah a graphical improvement um, pretty simple pick up and play football. Anyone can casual play casual sports fans. Yeah.
2: Anyone can play it. It's more like rugby, I think. It could have mm-hmm. just as easily been rugby. Although sure. I don't know what you're trying to do in rugby. But that's what it controls more like cuz you just got a lot of people around you and you go and you do it. What's your cool. number 10?
0: Uh, my number 10 is from 1995. Now, remember, this
2: is where normal people would start at 10. Sure. And so now we're getting into normal people territory.
0: What Soul year is this
2: from? Edge. Soul oh, Edge. Sorry. Yeah, by Namco. Soul
0: All right. Edge. So this is the game that kicked off the whole Soul Calibur. Yes. Um... Franchise. Sophia. The first, the the first time I played it was in the uh, arcade. Let on, me tell everybody cabinet. who you
2: like the best. Valdor. V-
0: Voldo. Voldo yes. And I'm not a big fighting game guy. I was never very good at fighting games. I, I to this day I I cannot throw a fireball in what? Street Fighter. <laughs> Uh, to this day, I can't do a fatality in Mortal Kombat, yeah, but you need a book I'll tell that. you something, back in 1995, 1996, I could kick a lot of ass in Soul Edge. Weapon-based fighter, polygonal graphics, visually it was the next step, like a Virtua Fighter mm-hmm. really impressed me when I was young. But this game looks so real. <laughs> uh, you know, with your lizard people and and your dominatrix with chain whips that turn Ugh. into swords sometimes. Is that yeah, There's just a lot of good visuals. It definitely fit that mid-90s aesthetic with what was hip and what was cool. And the music was great. The sound was great. You could pull off all these. Different combinations of moves, and I'm telling you, I tore it up as a kid playing as Valdo, and uh, I loved it. I loved the game. I would actually go to the arcade. I learned from other people that were playing the game at the time little tricks you could do. There was I'm not I'm not sure if it was Soul Edge or it might have been Soul Calibur 2, but there was a combination of buttons you can do on the arcade cabinet itself to put your character into quote unquote predator mode. Uh, Where the polygonal graphics would be, I want to say invisible, but they weren't invisible. It was like the Predator, where it was that wash of it would distort the background. And I'll tell you, nine times out of ten, I won a match just because I went into that mode and the person I was going up against had no (laughs) idea what the hell was going on. Um, You'd hold the buttons. You're one ugly
2: son of a bitch.
0: (laughs) You'd hold the buttons in a certain combination uh, when you selected your character. And then when the, the match started, you'd be in predator mode, but that's how much I love this game where I would actively go to this big, uh, arcade called sports. Plus it was huge. It had to be like a hundred thousand square feet of arcade pizza parlor, you know, big toy, whatever this thing replaced Spaceplex, uh, which f- for people who have listened to the show before know that that was the arcade I went to when I was younger, but this place was even bigger. And, um, I would go there, and there was always somebody to play. Like, this, the game got a lot of play. Oh, yeah. And uh, you'd have to wait your turn. And, you know, if you died, that was it. You had to go to the back of the line. And I'd hold my own against these teenage kids. And, uh, yeah, I just, I love the franchise.
2: It's a great franchise. And um, is it Ivy or Eve that is the uh, dominatrix? Ivy. Ivy. And I loved, I always played as the ninja. The ninja girl. Ka- oh yeah, um Kami. Yeah. Yuffy. Nope, that's, that's <laughs> Final Fantasy VII. I can't Fluffy. remember. Sure. I'll just tell you what. Um she was Yoshi- always
0: on. Yoshimitsu was there. She, she
2: Yeah, sometimes <laughs> he showed up. Uh yeah. that was kind of cool when that happened. And then Darth Vader and oh, gosh. Yoda. Yeah.
0: Yep. And Spawn.
2: And Legend of Zelda. That yep. guy. He, Zelda was there. Zelda came. <laughs> The Swiffy Award guy, he was there. Yep. Yeah, that's a great game, great, great start of a franchise, and not bad to play that one. In fact, there's a lot of levels that they didn't like improve upon. Like normally, you just with number two, you just build upon certain type of areas. But there's that one like blowing field of grass mm-hmm. that I don't remember happening in, in other Soul Calibers. I don't know. No, maybe I'm, I don't, I don't remember. remember. Yeah, and that was in the arcade. That was in the arcade. And in your home. All right, my number nine. We're at number nine now. Now we're one under where people normally start. <laughs> it's
1: a new entry. It is 1982.
2: Again, another 1982 game. You had an 82 game. I had an 83 mm-hmm. game. We had an 86 game. Blah, 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 blah. blah. 1982 Atari Gravatar. Oh, okay. Only just began playing this title and I love it. Haven't done a review of this. We hope to do a mm-hmm. review of it. Lunar Rescue was in 1979 by Taito. That's a raster graphic. We did do a review of that. Check out that mm-hmm. episode of Lunar Rescue. Oh, we haven't we didn't do a review of Soul Calibur either. We didn't mention that. No. It's sort of like take Lunar Rescue, take Lunar Lander from 1979 Atari. And then take Defender from 1981 by Williams, and you mash that together, and you get a very difficult game. Yes. But it's so fun to whip. It's like asteroids as well, because you can whip your ship around like a freaking nut. Yeah. I don't know how you play asteroids. Some people would just sit and spin. That's probably the method that I would use. Other people floor it and drift.
1: Yeah, I used and to get into
2: trouble when I try <laughs> to do that. You gotta get ready with that hyperspace, man. Yeah, and then not know where you're coming out. Wouldn't it be cool if you hyperspaced and then you you were still at that velocity, that you oh, that'd uh, be awesome. That would be really instead, neat yeah.
0: instead of hyperspacing into an asteroid. <laughs> Like I normally do.
2: That's yeah. That's that's the change to take. When you if you don't know, kids, yeah, Asteroids was a game where you're a little spaceship, and when you hit hyper, when you hit the hyperspace button, you just vanish and appear somewhere randomly on the screen. So you took right. your chances. You might appear right in front of an asteroid, or you might be in the clear. But one sure. thing you didn't do is you would come to a complete stop and just appear somewhere else. So no matter your velocity going around the screen, and you know from in one end out the other. So this is like a lunar lander. You come down and then you have a beam that you pick up your person who is just really a rectangle. I, I consider it a coffin. I think that <laughs> you, you go down and you pick up the coffin of the dead and then mm-hmm. you get, <laughs> come back up. <laughs> Spaceships are trying to stop you uh, from picking up these p- friends of yours in coffins uh, as well as turrets. And you get the turret syndrome. And then what happens is you try to you win And Yeah, you started talking to me about this because of the, oh, sorry, go ahead. When you finally get all your coffins, you got to blast off and you just floor it uh, right up to the ceiling of this uh, outer space and you're back at the selection screen of Mm -hmm. what planet you want to go to and each planet has a certain amount of points and the harder it is, the more points it is, of course, and et cetera. And even on that selection screen, you can run into gravity and the gravity could pull you right into this star in the middle and right. that sucks and uh, on the selection screen also some other ufos could come after you and then you go in a one-on-one fight with them so gravatar and in 1982 these are these are games that we we played i think first on our um arcade one-ups that made your havoc
0: right so you started telling me about this game because of the arcade one up and then i had the privilege of actually playing the physical cabinet at Fun Spot in New Hampshire.
1: Okay. I right, will say right, that, right.
0: Yeah. Uh, Gravitar is, and, and it's funny you brought up Major Havoc too, uh, two great examples of Atari building this amalgamation of two uh, two different games or maybe even three different games with, with uh, Gravatar because you even see notes of Space War um, uh, definitely, with that gravity in the center, with that star that would suck you in. And if you're not paying attention or get too close, you'll end up being dead on the the stage select screen it is a challenging game i i felt that it was a fair challenge but it's definitely not pick up and play for your average you know you gotta get I'm just good gonna at go it. and play an arcade game yeah, yeah it's you gotta build a skill to play that game you
2: definitely do and the same way with major havoc and thankfully for arcade one up i got to enjoy both of those titles and i still get to enjoy them every day in my house oh it's here number nine ready hold on
0: Golly Ghost by Namco, uh, 1990. You knew it would be in your list. It had to be in my list. Lots of fond memories of this game. Have not played the game enough. I wish I did own the game. This is one of those, I will classify it as unmameable. Clearly, you can maim this game, but it isn't the same experience. Mm-hmm. Certainly, you can derive some sort of pleasure out of emulating it as opposed to prop cycle or something like that. Yeah, yeah. But with this... um, Again, you can listen to my full review. WeTalkGames.com/slash/InTheCan, but uh, part of our
2: spectacular part of our Mr. Lobo.
0: But real quick, uh, you're looking at a diorama. It's an electrical, mechanical diorama, a dollhouse that's physically there that interacts with images that are being projected into it. I want to say it's using the Pepper's Ghost method of projecting something onto a a mirror or piece of glass to project it onto another piece of glass. Mm -hmm. I think that's the term. It's called Pepper's Ghost. But you've seen this before with Space Invaders utilize this in a lot of early arcade games of this where the screen or the monitor was actually below where you were looking and it was projecting it onto a piece of glass so that they could have a matte painting or a diorama behind it to give these black and white Graphics, some sort of depth or color or whatever. In this case, you're looking at pre-rendered polygonal graphics being projected onto this dollhouse, and you're shooting, you're busting ghosts with a light gun. There was two different versions that I'm aware of of this cabinet. There was a stand-up cabinet, but the one I'm most familiar with was a sit-down cabinet where you, you and a friend could sit behind these... Uh, blasters and blast ghosts and accumulate points. And in some iterations you could even get tickets. It's really cool. It's really neat. It has all these notes of these old EM machines that we've talked about in the past whether it's a puppet dancing in a glass box or a helicopter flying around a glass box or a mannequin giving you a fortune in a glass box. You're seeing a theme here. This is a glass box of of a dollhouse that's haunted and the toilet would rattle and open up and light would come out of it and here's this ghost flying around the screen And because these images are being projected onto glass, they're translucent, Mm -hmm. which just builds this feeling of, yes, you are busting ghosts, little kid. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So, uh, Golly Ghost by Namco. I love it. One of my favorite games. It's number nine on my list. Number
2: nine. Number nine. Turn me on, Deadman. Well, my number eight... Irem makes its way onto my list at number eight, which is also Infinity. Number eight, lucky number eight in Asia. 1993's Irem. So we're getting actually, Irem didn't make a lot of games, but a lot of games that they made were fantastic. Even Mm -hmm. Vigilante, which is so simple, like karate. uh, It shows how much better Irem was at fleshing things out and really not rushing things for the deadline. Did I mention R-Type? That's probably what you would know them best for is their R-Type series. 1993, IRM Ninja Baseball Batman. (laughs) I love this action platformer thingy thing, whatever the hell it is, beat them up. Mm -hmm. Beat them up, smash them in the face. Now, Ninja Baseball Batman. Haymakers. Holiday Haymakers. I don't think it was in the Holiday Haymakers. It might have been, but we did do a review of this. Ninja Baseball Batman. The Japanese title literally translates to Baseball Hand-to-Hand Fighting League Man. <laughs> we got the better title. I think so, too. And the fact that they could actually call it Batman without getting in trouble is awesome. Batman! Yeah. So what you are is you're a ninja, and you are some type of baseball person. Right. Like, uh, and you're, you're also a s- robot. You could be sh- you're a robot. So you're sort of like Mighty Orbots when you think about it, because one robot is uh, s- real skinny, and he's like a bat. The other one is mm-hmm. is a more plump and round. He's like a ball. And then there's another one that's something else. But you go around Ninja as uh, Batman, hitting people with <laughs> baseball bats and all different types of fun things. I don't really have too much else to say about this except it's a gorgeous game, very very creative. It's another yeah. one of those WTF type of games uh, that just surprises you one surprise after another as you're going through this title. And uh, highly recommend it. Number eight to infinity, Ninja Baseball Batman.
0: I love the pick. It was on my my list of 30 just to make the cut for the 11. I will say that this show has killed the beat-em-up brawler genre for me. <laughs> but there are a few that I do love and it this is one of them and if i could just uh, recommend two others so nobody thinks it's simpsons or or turtles that i'm talking about
2: <laughs> now you're bringing up something of why i needed to do this top 11 list because oh because yeah the, go for th- it. the autoplay happened on youtube and all of a sudden it was a guy giving his top 10 arcade games and you know fucking simpsons and ninja turtles was in there and you know what it's time that we talk about shit that was in the arcade.
0: Sure. I, now, don't get me wrong. I, I enjoyed plenty of Turtles. Me too. And plenty of Simpsons as a kid. Me too, but uh, it's not uh, an arcade-only experience. You know, True. you could play this and on it, everything now. If we want to talk about big franchises, I don't understand why uh, the X-Men arcade game doesn't get enough love. Mm, mm. It should be talked about just as much as those other two very ubiquitous titles. But if we're going to talk about beat-em-ups that people should play because they're really good brawlers and beat-em-ups, also check out Battle Circuit and also check out Captain Commando. All three, Ninja Baseball, uh, Ninja... (laughs) Ninja Baseball, Batman. Baseball, Batman, and Battle Circuit, and Captain Commando are three of the best brawlers that we've ever reviewed. On this Mm. show, in my opinion. Uh, They just didn't make my cut. But while we're talking about beat em ups, I'd rather, I want to throw those
2: out there. I don't agree with Captain Commando, but the rest say the other one I agree with. Fair enough. (laughs) What is your number eight to infinity? Lucky number eight in Asia.
0: My number eight is the most metal arcade game ever created (laughs) Kicks 1981 by Taito.
2: What's your thing? A, a, a I just have fork? like
0: a frog. that.
2: <laughs> oh, okay. That's the only noisemaker I have. I wish I had the Ninja Turtle thing. Remember that uh, so thing? if you're not
0: familiar with Kicks, it's
2: an action
1: it's game, metal. puzzle metal.
0: game, where you draw on the screen and try to fill up a, a portion of the screen without getting hit by a screensaver or these other two <laughs> sparkles that are trying to kill you. <laughs> It's very abstract. Windows um, 95
2: screensaver. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> but um no
0: flying I, I love how that. minimalistic and abstract this game mm-hmm. is. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it was a limitation of the hardware for the visuals or if this was something that real like thought was put behind. You know, we talked about games in the past that are very abstract. This is probably one of the most abstract games ever made it's also one of the most mainstream abstract games but because of how abstract and minimalistic is you don't find in a lot of compilations Mm -hmm. you know people remember it but it's not put on these you know little mini cabs that people you know these companies are selling now where it's like you can buy a burger time cabinet that'll sit on your desk and you can play burger time or you can play dig dug i don't i don't think kicks is gonna show up maybe it will and that'd be great in my opinion Um,
2: it's a perfect type of game for pretty much any size
0: Sure. The reason why in the past I've said that this game is metal is because, to me, it it projects a certain attitude that I would say is metal. It's dark, it's unforgiving, it's tense, and as far as a game is concerned, very simplistic to understand what you're supposed to do. But as you play it and as you develop the skills of, of learning what to do in the game and how to mitigate different hazards, and how you utilize um, time and space to your advantage, you learn, oh, wait, there's ways to maximize the amount of points per screen. And you'll see this. Uh, this is a theme for me in the games that I, I realize that I pick, is I'm big into the point grab, mm-hmm. and I'm big into the games that you can revisit over and over and over again, and you're going to play stage one through three, a million different ways and still not master the game.
2: Well, for those so, who don't know who what Kix is, uh, you're a rocket ship that can draw lines in back of you. And like I right. said, there's screensavers, <laughs> things <laughs> that look like screensavers that come after you. There's also fuses that can go on the lines that you're creating. And you're trying yes. to take up a certain percentage of the screen by drawing these blocks that fill in when you complete right. a square or a rectangular a or whatever. Rectangles, yeah, some and sort of shape to get that's them, angular. To get the most points, you try to just split the screen in half.
0: True. And there's also two different lines that you can draw. There's a fast line and a slow line. And obviously the slow line that you draw you accumulate more points. Mm-hmm. It's usually denoted in a different color depending on what port you're playing as. The arcade version would be a blue and a red the difference between the two. I like this game a lot. We've never reviewed it in the past. I don't think we've reviewed it in the past because we've talked about it a lot on other episodes. And also, this discussion we just had pretty much sums up the entire game.
2: <laughs> and we reviewed a game that was like it, that had naked ladies on it.
0: There's a lot of games out there like that, but yes, yeah. we did.
2: The other thing I want to say is Mario comes out, he jumps into the spaceship of Breakout. Right. right. Who knew that paddle? What is it? I can't remember what the Alley paddles way. are really called, though. But that paddle isn't called a paddle. It's called something else. Oh, I can't remember what the term for a paddle really is. It's not paddle, though. But anyway, he jumps into that and he starts shooting things. Why didn't he come and jump into the spaceship of Kicks? What a word! worked. that around. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: On the Game Boy, but there was no Mario tie-in.
2: No, there was no Mario. He should have jumped in that spaceship. He could have been metal. That's probably why he didn't want to be metal. Yeah, they had to wait till the 64 to do Metal Mario. i got to do a Rita, Rita, Mer, Rita Moreno. <laughs> Ow. That's really loud. Number 7, coming up at number 7. Oh, that's a great number 8, by the way. Really Thanks. great number 8. I think that we had... Uh, well, you had the best number eight, I think. I had the best number 10. You had the best number eight. Number seven <laughs> by Sega coming in 1991. We're into the 20th century, which we have. Been. <laughs> Never mind. Yeah. Uh, this is, to me, the pinnacle of Sega's Pixel Racers and probably the last hmm. other Pixel Racers, Radmobile. I oh, okay. love Radmobile. By the way, Kicks. I loved that game. That was like my jam for a long time. Sure. I used to go in the arcade and just kicks it up and I would go kick 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 kicks 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 kicks. No, I wouldn't. <laughs> but Radmobile I would play as well. I, Radmobile I would uh, go to the ShopRite super center and you'd go red, 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 red. Yes. They would go. Sir, please leave. Ramobile takes you all over the place. Uh, y- you might think it's just a racetrack type of game, but w- then you're all of a sudden your your windshield wipers. You have to use, and you have to. And I think there was this button for a windshield wiper. Like you had to turn them on. Actually, when it started raining, the greatest thing about this game to me was that there was a little Sonic hanging from the rearview mirror. That oh, was yeah. That was a big yeah, deal to me. Yeah, that was cool. This type of game started with, like, a drift out, or you could even compare it to Space Harrier, Space Harrier 2. Mm-hmm. It's that type of Sega, and uh, the Outruns. It's sure. that type of Sega aesthetic that used the pixels to come at you. And by the time that they got to Radmobile... That was so smooth. Like, if you look Perfectity. at Power Drift, yeah, if you look at Power Drift, which I love, uh, mm-hmm, uh, you know, mm-hmm. my, for that. And then you look at Radmobile next to it, it's like, oh my gosh. Radmobile had um, banked turns. It had, like I said, mud. You could be different types of uh, vehicles. I don't know what else to say about it. It's a great driving game. I, I don't know how if to describe in, it.
0: And in, Indulge me for just a second. Have you played the, the Power Drift uh, 3DS remake? Yes, of course. Awesome, right? Yeah. Yeah. Radmobile would be awesome, too, if they they would do that. Oh, my God. And the earliest game that I've discovered
1: eh,
0: probably a year ago at this point that implemented that visual choice that we're talking about Mm -hmm. with OutRun, I don't know if you're familiar with this game, it certainly wouldn't show up on either one of our lists, would be Sega's Turbo.
2: Oh, sure, Um, sure, sure. Well, even pole right. position did it, and so did yes. the penguin one. There's a penguin game that you're running your penguin. Uh, I'm saying for Sega, and particularly oh, with racers. Gotcha. I was impressed with, and I don't remember what year
0: Turbo came out, but it was early, early mm-hmm, Sega, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I was impressed at how well they were pulling off the outrun look then. Now the game has a bunch of issues with it, but it's also a lot of fun because you're. Your tachometer and your speedometer and everything are all LED digital displays that are in the cabinet while you're racing. Oh, that's which is cool. really cool. Well, um,
2: it's like it's also like Hang On and Super Hang On. You, yes. you rode a crotch rocket and right. looked like an idiot, like you know, six <laughs> you foot like above everybody else in the yeah. arcade. It's Crotch Rocket, and the, the screen's right between the handlebars. And, you know, the screen is, I like, I exaggerate all the time. It's like an 8-inch screen, and you're leaning back <laughs> and forth on this 600-pound hollow blow-molded, I don't know. <laughs> Motorcycle. Paper mache yeah. and everything else.
0: But if you're a fan of these type of racers, check these other titles. Radmobile, particularly, because I don't think many people are familiar with Radmobile. They're more
2: familiar with OutRun. It just crushes it. it. Radmobile just crushes it. Yeah. And, you know, unfortunately, you do need to play it with the, the pedal and the and the steering wheel and things like that if you really want to make it happen. But it's cool to look at no matter what you play it Sure. On. What is your number seven? Seven's lucky in the, in the States, I think. Seven's My, lucky uh, among the Jesus people.
0: We're going to need a little bit of luck because uh, I'm going with Puzzle Bobble. AKA Bust a Move
2: 1994 by Taito. Didn't even think about that one. Who doesn't like that? I I think everybody. I mean,
0: I tossed a turn because it was like, do I go with games that I like or do I try to be the hipster educating everybody about games they should play? And it came down to, (laughs) no, I'm going to go with the games that I like and a game that I spent a lot of time with uh, in my youth going to the grungiest bowling alley because that's where you would find the Neo Geo, the MVS, just to play Bust a Move. Uh, If you're not familiar with Bust a Move... What's wrong with you? Are you you? three? I don't (laughs) don't know what to tell you. It's a match-three game where you are two dinosaurs shooting bubbles to the top of the screen and matching colors to break them apart, and you can have chains happen, and you can have... The the bubbles fall down because they're connected to other bubbles. So you match the colors. It's candy coated goodness. It's the cutesy stuff. It's the characters from Bubble Bobble. But again, if you're not familiar with Bust a Move, I doubt you're familiar with Bubble Bobble. It's it is a lot of fun
2: version of this game that you've played on handhelds and every th- other type of system that has reskinned it. Yeah, Snoopy... but has has not done it better. Now, Snoopy. Uh, actually had his own the artwork was incredible The line characters had it i think mm-hmm. you know the mickey mouse and the things like that had it so if you're
0: some sort of weirdo you might know this game as snood
2: snood is you know what this is based on yeah and the, if you like p- that you the like PC the Snood game. cast yeah the snood
0: cast. uh but what i will say about puzzle bobble uh because i don't think will ever get around to reviewing it because it is so well known so mainstream is i think the the biggest attribute aside from the visuals that this game offers is the sound engineering behind it there's something about the music Mm. and the great kinetics and it's a very simple gameplay but that that that's the sound effects when you connect the bubbles and when they break apart or when they fall down or when you go to the next level, something about that to me, it's that kick in the ass that that takes this game to the next level and and sets the bar for things to try to meet or surpass, in
2: my opinion. And Bub and Bob have really great voices too, like just the speaking voices, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. real high kitty thing. You're right. it, It has really good attention to the sound all over the place
0: if you haven't played it i I don't know why you're listening to this show
2: (laughs) and my number
1: six 1982
2: again we're going back to 1982 with valley midway and you won't believe it is it
0: turkey shoot
2: (laughs) that sounded like turkey shoot a little bit no it's Blueprint. Blueprint, oh my goodness! It's Mr. Really? Pickle and his basketball gun tractor. <laughs> so you actually, did go the hipster Mr. route, <laughs> eggplant? What are you talking? No, dude. No, Blueprint dude. is fun. Blueprint's dude, fun. I gotta tell you what; these are really my games, and the fact that you said hipster because we're not talking about games that everybody has on a thousand different systems. Right? That's bullshit. <laughs> that's bullshit. I I had Blueprint on my fucking Atari fifty. 50 200 so you know i'm just kidding so suck it that was mainstream pal all right the atari 5200 everybody had that (laughs) yeah (laughs) all 13 of you and once they got it home and realized how much money they spent on the damn thing they went out in the backyard and dug a ditch and shot it with a shotgun and kicked it in and they say take all my money Blueprint is was part of I don't think it was part of Pac Month. It might have been part of Pac Month, but we did do a review of it. Nineteen eighty two Bally Midway Blueprint. I played it on the Atari fifty two hundred. You uh go into different houses. Mm-hmm. While you're going into different houses to find parts of this tractor, you try to put this tractor together at the bottom of the screen, up on the very top of the screen. Talk about inception. This is like 13 different points of view going on at the same time right so across the top of the screen uh mr pickle is what i used to call him but he's actually <laughs> like a, a what do you call this purple plant an eggplant like, an eggplant yeah he's actually like an eggplant with legs it's chasing after your girlfriend and we don't want to think about what he's going to do when he can't, <laughs> since he is an eggplant i'm just saying there's shapes that happen So you try to put your pieces of your tractor down on this blueprint of your tractor and there's these fuzzy wuzzies that are around. There's things chasing you and and when you hide inside a house, you can um, be safe from the dudes. But if Mm -hmm. a tractor piece isn't in there or you went back into the same house, you get a bomb instead. And then you got to run with the bomb because it's attached to your ass. You got to run it (laughs) down before it blows up and put it in this hole where fuzzy wuzzy is. (laughs) Fuzzy. Right. So whoever thought of this they wrote an entire book about (laughs) all these characters honestly it's like someone took alice in wonderland and tried to make it into one game on one screen i
0: think we addressed this on the show but the cabinet artwork each like different piece of the cabinet whether it's the marquee the side panels or the control deck all look like they were done by different art teams yeah yeah, just to go along with the different perspectives you're looking at while you're playing. It Maybe looks that's like, what happened. Yeah, people who were not communicating at
2: all right. came up with this game. Because once you build your tractor, then you shoot basketballs out of it <laughs> to try to shoot Mr. Pickle, who's running around after your girlfriend up top. And the basketballs shoot a little haphazardly. It's aim and luck, but m- leans more towards the luck on shooting these basketballs out of your tractor so there you go man shooting basketballs out of a tractor when you're pac-man and around trying to collect parts of your tractor and put them on this blueprint when fuzzy wuzzy comes out of his hole to knock all your pieces down off of there as mr pickle is chasing your girlfriend around and it's not a
0: fever dream it Mm -hmm. is
2: blueprint blueprint 1982 i recommend it for everyone
1: kids of all ages
2: my number six i also recommend
0: for everybody of all ages it's 1984's bank panic by wow. sega
2: great pick
0: so bank panic uh we did review and the first time i played that again was with our very own wiggly on your Mame cabinet mm-hmm. i think we were just going through different titles and playing anything that sounded interesting and we stumbled upon this game And it gave gave us a little bit of a a challenge because we had to figure out exactly what you're supposed to do. Mm -hmm. Um, And we also had to figure out how to use the control deck because it's got a very specific control deck if you play it for real, like on a real cabinet. Mm -hmm. Uh, But once we got through that, we actually ended up, I think, spending the rest of the night playing this game. It's pretty fun. Yeah, I would classify it as a time management game. Mm. Others have called it a shooter and while there is shooting in the game it's not your typical run and gun or your space shooter it's very much of uh, a bunch of doors that you you shoot when there's a bad guy but you don't shoot when there's a good guy depositing cash at the bank you're a sheriff and you're protecting this bank but it's not like Hogan's Alley and it's not mm-hmm. like Gun it's joystick and buttons, yeah. and the, th- the three buttons that are either on the left or the right of the joystick on an actual cabinet represent the three doors you're looking at at any given space of the screen, and there's 12 doors in total that you keep cycling back and forth through. There's a, a meter at the top that shows you when people are coming to the door, and you go to that door, and when the door opens up, it'll either be a bandit or somebody making a deposit Or somebody making a deposit, but, oh, wait, a bandit came out uh, Mm -hmm. behind him to Mm -hmm. try to shoot you. And the other thing that the game does that's very interesting, uh, going back to the whole time management thing, is you have to let the bad guy draw before you shoot him, or else you get less points.
2: Right. And it gives you a little clock countdown.
0: Right. And it says something along the lines of, like, not fair when you shoot him. So if <laughs> right. you see a bandit right away and you do a quick draw and shoot him in the face, it says not fair. You get points and you don't get punished, but you don't get the maximum amount of points. Mm-hmm. And so what Wiggly and I discovered w- between doing that and also not leaving the stage, because once you get a deposit at all 12 doors, the stage is over. But you can run the clock and keep getting deposits from other doors, but then you start risking the fact that the uh, the cycle of these people coming through is quicker and therefore the bad guy can jump in front of a good guy quickly and there's bonuses too where there's like a kid who has a bunch of hats on his head and you shoot the hats off <laughs> right but you have to do the right number of shots because if you don't you get in trouble because you're not supposed to shoot any of the, the civilians mm-hmm. and you get shot at by somebody it doesn't show you who um, this game I feel like is a forgotten gem uh, I've been a, a big uh, advocate of getting it out there and letting people know about it. It only got a few different ports. Um, one is on the MSX, a computer that never came out here, and the other is on a, the uh, Sega Master System console that nobody played here. So hmm. and the at least the Master System port I have played, and it's not nearly as good as this arcade title. I, I recommend people listen to the show hear a full review of it, and also go out, seek it out, emulate it. I wish M2 would remake this on uh, the
2: 3DS because this really is a fun little title. Mm-hmm. Well, unfortunately, the 3DS is going away at a dodo.
1: Yeah, I know. We've talked about that.
2: And if you own a 3DS and you haven't dusted it off in a while, you better go on there because there's games that are like less than 99 cents now. There's some games yeah. that are like 30 cents and 40 what, cents. Huge markdowns.
0: I'm hearing rumblings that a lot of places, uh, the big chains, like your Walmarts and your Targets are starting to put the 3DS games in clearance mm. and you can get them at like 50% off. And the Nintendo titles never drop as we've discussed in the past, but I've heard right. other titles like the Dragon Quests or the uh, Shin Megami Tensei's or some of these other titles that are good titles mm-hmm. for $7, 10 $9. Yep. Depending on your area, go out there and get the physical copy of these games. Because if you you download them off the eShop, like if it's a 99-cent game, who cares if you lose it? But if you're, you're going to buy a game that you're going to invest a lot of time into, we just saw it with the Wii Shop closing, you might lose everything. Yeah. So I would advocate if you, if you have a 3DS and you enjoy it, now's the time to buy. Because I would suspect five years from now, you're going to see all these games that were in a bin for 7 bucks being 40 and $50 again in their, their uh, <laughs> <you know>, factory-sealed <laughs> yeah, uh, boxes. So now's ah. the time. If you're a 3DS fan like I am and like Wiggly is, go out there and check out some games.
2: Right on, man. It's sad that we're not going to see any more Segas turn into the 3D versions. Um, I love those remakes when they remade No, but you
0: 3D. know what we will see? Hmm. A bunch of Konami titles get dropped onto the <laughs>
2: eShop. <laughs>
0: Because, for whatever reason, as the system's dying, I think they're still releasing stuff to the Wii U.
2: <laughs> I gotta get that out and find out. Mm.
1: Wait, wait, what down is number your five. number five? Uh, five, yeah, Here we what's go your, number five.
2: Sometimes people do a top five. My number five, so far we haven't overlapped once. No. And I'm gonna tell you what now, you're not gonna overlap with this. Mm. My number five is Kids Horror Discussion. Booby Kids, 1987. Nichibutsu finally makes it onto our lists from 1987's Booby Kids. Booby Kids is Crater Maze for mm-hmm. the TurboGrafx. A little bit different, a little bit different. Not as intense on the Turbo Graphics, and the TurboGrafx also has these really cool sort of cutscenes scenes that are almost straight out of Namco's Ordine. Okay. Uh, yeah, so it's sort of cut scenes like that where your Crater Maze dude is flying around in, in this like uh, convertible spaceship with his friends and different things happen. Now, there are cut scenes in Booby Kids, but they're more like a Pac Man. Mm-hmm. The one that comes to my mind is because you could play this as two player. So it's the one Booby Kid and the other Booby Kid. They're just dressed differently. They look like a Bomberman, except they're more colorful. And they're bouncing on these trampoline blocks that you bounce on during the game and they're going through this loop of fire and they're bouncing back and forth off these red springy things that they bounce back and forth on and it ends with them running off and the one guy's ass is on fire so i mean it's just a very it's very very funny this is a very difficult game even on easy Uh, But it's most akin to maybe Bomberman. Uh, How did we never review this in the past, on title alone? I want you to review it with me. I've been talking about it for quite a while now. And as a matter of fact, it came out for the Switch. Okay. For the Switch. You can get this. They just call it Kids Hore Hore They don't call it Booby Kids. For obvious reasons. Yeah, look for that. 1987. I'll always remember what it was described to me as for the TurboGrafx because I used to call up NEC, the branch in America here, the people that were in charge of uh, doing the TurboGrafx, and I would call up like once a week asking to California, asking what games are going to be coming out, what games are going to be coming out, and they said, Crater Maze, and I said, what's Crater Maze, what's Crater Maze, and the the, the dude said, it's sort of like Pac-Man with a weapon. And that's sort of like what it is. Uh, You have a shovel. You can dig a hole. When the bad guys go over it, there's different gangsters. There's like aliens. There's cops. There's all these different types of people coming at you at the same time. Creatures and peoples of, I mean, I don't know why there's gangsters and, and hopping aliens and slime monsters and cops. They're all chasing you. And what you do is you dig a hole, you let them fall in, and then you bury them back up. And they oh, turn. so it's like Space Panic or Yanco S- Alien. Exactly, exactly. Gotcha. And they get a little cross on top of uh, where you buried them. Nice. And um, and you can't dig there again because you know there's a there's a body cross there. tombstone. Yeah, and, just like real life. <laughs> and like in Bomberman, you can get extra shovels, and that means you can dig like three holes at once and then cover them up. You can dig like a half a hole, which you could still walk over and then, then hit it with another one. Um, there's a power ups like a gun that does different sorts of things. Plus, you have the doors that can open one way and shut, knock into people, which we see in Mappy and we see in yep. Lock and Chase. Lock and, and Chase. Another title I'm not going to bring up because it's on my list. Oh, okay. No problem. <laughs> So you do that in there. It does a lot of different things. But one thing is these trampolines that you get on and you pick which direction you want your dude to do as somersaults. There's people chasing after you. So instead of in Pac-Man where you would run off the side of the screen, you can try Mm -hmm. to jump in a different direction over top of their heads or in a different direction than they are. Turn around. Quick hit them. Yes, sir. Wiggly. Yes. Where do the boobs come in? Yeah, you know, that's a good question. Is it like booby
0: trap kids? Is that, is that what was happening? That's
2: what it is. Right. Son of a bitch. I was trying to get to the boobies too. Yeah. And all along I was in the boobies. And you were in the boobies. What's your number five, friend? We're getting close.
0: Run, coward, run. I went with CineStar 1983 oh, yeah. by Williams Electronics and designed by former guest of the show, Noah Faustine. Now, before I get into Sinistar, which, again, if you haven't heard of Sinistar, I don't understand why you would be (laughs) listening to this show. But uh, I want to remind everybody, we have some incredible guests that have come on our show in the past. And you can listen to a lot of our previous interviews on the homepage of our site, wetalkgames.com. You scroll down. There's a Game Boy player down there. You see these Game Boy camera portraits of our former guests. There's a slider, too. You can go from A to Z. That's the guest boy. It's the guest boy. Noah Falstein's on there. You can also subscribe um, to Interview Starcade. Interview
2: Starcade.
0: Yes and to listen to some of the uh, behind-the-scenes of those interviews. We we cut a few episodes of that, but you know, contemporaries like the guys behind Super Beat Boy to the founding fathers of the industry like Nolan Bushnell or Ralph Baer, mm-hmm. we talked to a lot of great guests, uh, and Nolan Falstein was a fantastic guest. I oh, recommend yeah. everyone listening to that interview. Listen to all the interviews. I don't think we had... Well, okay, some of the guests weren't great, but mostly we had some mm. fantastic
2: guests. I could think of one guy that wasn't so great.
0: Yeah, me too. But the Dick. What <laughs> was his name? Dick? That, what
2: was his name? Dick. I. Why? Why cast a shadow to shine a Is light? Let's name, just Dick? say ninety-nine name, percent Dick? of our guests were great, and it all started with Tommy Tallerico, who was
0: well, a fantastic guest.
2: A great guest for me to to interview because i've always, I was always jealous of him, mm-hmm. so it was it was really great to interview him as our first guest, and then the next episode, we have Nolan Bushnell and Ralph Baer on the same episode yeah dude, that's the start of the arcade and the start of the home consoles right there, right yeah, how the hell did we pull that off you that's how lots lots of emails and phone calls and pretending on my <laughs> part <laughs> that's why you're the producer.
0: That's right. Let's talk Sinistar. We have an affinity a shared affinity towards this game. Mm-hmm. It's a space shooter, but it plays so differently from other space shooters that were around at the time. You know, we saw the Space Invaders and the Galaxians and the Galaga's and the Scrambles and the 1942's, but Sinistar was different. Sinistar, your little ship flying around space, there's these little enemies that come at you. You have no problem mitigating them, the, you know, you just blast them away, you're collecting minerals, you're getting points. Mm-hmm. Everything seems fine until this horrible howl comes out of the speakers, the blown-out speakers usually, oh, yeah. of this cabinet and this thing going, run, coward, run, I hunger, and all of a sudden, this big face comes out, <laughs> and most of the time it's not even a complete face, and it goes and just gobbles up your ship in one bite. <laughs> And you're just obliterated. That's Steve Seriously, Ritchie, isn't it? That is the voice of Steve Ritchie. That was, was one of my favorite a, interviews.
2: I, I yeah. You can hear me typing to him on AOL. Yes. I, had, I, I actually had to interview him using AIM because he's hard of hearing. He's almost right. deaf. So From, I'm asking from him,
0: riding motorcycles and playing loud rock music and being in a factory that created
2: some of the best pinball machines ever made. Definitely. That's exactly why tinnitus to the ninth degree and 10th yeah. and the top so, uh, 11th list
0: Sinistar is real cool it's on my list because uh I, not only do i enjoy it a lot but i also like what it contributed to the genre of the space shooter and it kind of flipped the script a little bit where if you just walk in blind and you start playing it for the first time it gave you a false sense of security You're like <laughs> oh this game is nothing what am i doing here i'm gonna I'm going to be uh, at this game for three hours on one quarter. And then all of a sudden it changes. And then from that moment on, it's like a totally different game because you mm-hmm. know at any moment this thing is going to come out and try to kill you. And it doesn't
2: matter that we told you about it. <laughs> you're still, still going to crap your pants the first time he comes on.
0: <laughs> yeah. I just, uh, again, uh, talk about how sound enhanced the, the play mechanics and the experience of the game. Sinistar is definitely of that. Yes, it has solid gameplay and uh, good visuals for the period. But the fact that the synthesized voice is in there and that howl is in there mm-hmm. um, and, and the sense of desperation because you're so so small and Sinistar is so big. <laughs> it's just it's
2: a great game. Mm,
1: that's one of me. the best. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Mm. That's my Star Trek joke for today. Oh,
0: and, and be sure to look up... I think we talked about this with both the interview with Noah, F- Noah Falstein and uh, as well as when we reviewed the title. But check out the philosophy or the life philosophy of Sinistar. It's a good little read.
2: All right. All righty, baby. We're getting close. Number four. Going into 1991. <laughs> From my favorite video game.
1: The Neo Geo. Yeah.
2: This was by Dallas, I think. Palace or Dallas? I can't remember who exactly made this, but it is Super Baseball Twenty Twenty. Uh, I can play this for a billion years.
0: Yeah, me too. It starred probably number twelve on my list.
2: Yeah, was it? Okay, yeah, this is number it almost four. made it on there. This was, it was very hard to to get towards the number one. Very, very difficult to get towards the number one. It hit number four. Twenty Twenty Baseball Stars, Super Baseball. I mean, and we're almost there, brother. Your Robits. It's going to be 2020 before you know it. I know it. I can't wait for these robots to come out and play baseball. Uh, you're in a dome, so there's no sort of escape from this dome. <laughs> there's home run bleachers. There's uh, foul ball bleachers and things like this. And uh, it's just, I don't know. It's so cool. They it's put bombs in the field. It's just so cool. The end. Play baseball with robots. Futuristic On the Neo Geo yeah the future of baseball is here
0: easy pick up and play you don't need to be some sort of baseball fanatic to appreciate
2: the game of baseball and There's you can baseball. charge up your arms 20, you can spend money 20. on 20. right you can spend money on new arms you could spend money mm-hmm. on a different robot you can do all different types of fun things
0: like yeah that. well there was robots there was roided
2: out guys and then there was like amazonian women oh right they're in uh, exoskeletons that's right. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I never played this game. I just picked it. No, but, yeah, you're I, absolutely right. So you could get you could get better armor for yourself and you uh, could put in the robots and the robots look like I don't know what they look like. They look like Oh no. They look like Wally. Oh no. <laughs> I hate Wally. Oh my god. They don't all look like Wally. No, Some look but, like trash cans with wheels. Yes. I think that's what they stole Wally from there.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: All right. But yeah, I agree with you.
0: It's a game I can play from now to eternity.
2: Yeah. You know, it's baseball. What makes baseball exciting? This game.
0: Sure. Well, uh, my number four is also a game that. Actually, there we go. My number four is a game that I can pick up and play right now as well, and it would be Gyrus by Konami, Mm. 1983. And I. It was a tough call for me because I didn't want to have Gyrus and Juno first on my top 11. I love both of those games. I think they both did something interesting with um, space shooters. Again, I have two space shooters back-to-back. Gyrus is Tempest with raster graphics. It's considered a fixed shooter because while there is the sensation of speed and movement, your ship really only just goes around this cylinder as enemies are coming towards you but unlike um tempest you're not like snapped onto this visible web Mm -hmm. you're very much into quadrants of a cylinder but it doesn't feel that way and to me while tempest is a fantastic game and i love tempest and this is not disparaging tempest at all but as far as speed is concerned this game feels so much faster it's got great music great visuals great play with perspective i just think it kicks
2: ass uh, and yeah.
0: That's why it's number four on my
2: list. And the good thing is that you can get this on, on systems. You know, yeah. You, you can it's find putting... Gyrus on different compilations. Not all of them. I mean, it's still buried, but you can get a hold of this and uh, and experience that fun.
0: Yeah, and it was ported to a lot of consoles of its era. Mm. And a lot of those ports are pretty serviceable considering the hardware that they're on.
2: Was it in 3D on the NES? I don't think... That's a good question.
0: Mm. I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think, think
2: so. so, yeah. I can't remember. There is a couple of well, this games is another that game 3D. that's, you know, ripe for a 3D re- remake. Oh, man, yeah. Boy, all these tube shooters would be good for, yeah. for that. Because it's a fucking tube that you're looking down. <laughs> Here comes my number three, baby. Number three. <laughs> it is wow. Juno first
1: really (laughs) it is June first 1983 (laughs) by konami yes all right
2: we get
0: to talk about it
2: (laughs) oh my god what a great game it is what an unbelievable game for 1983 you think you're looking into the future star fox was awesome but this is like i don't know what man it looks like unreal i think star fox is a good pull while it's Polygonal graphics as
0: interpreted by raster display. Definitely. The play of perspective, and again, this is a theme between these two shooters, is very similar. Your are spaceship Starbucks and, and it, you Juno, see Juno the first.
2: curved limb of the Earth. Because yes. Earth is a sphere. <laughs> Idiots. <laughs> <laughs> Despite what Alex Jones tells you. I mean, just look at Juno first and you'll see that the Earth is a sphere.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's all you need
1: to know.
2: <laughs> <laughs> what a weird name, Juno first Mm. it's not Juno fist it's not spaceship (laughs) you know it should be called space shooter first or something uh it's a weird weird name but a really kick-ass game that you've probably never played before we have reviewed this on the show and we gushed over it for people who aren't familiar with that episode or
0: familiar with the game just picture if you took space invaders and you laid it down mm. on its side and gave it a little bit of perspective so that the goons all the way at the top were just little dots. And as they came towards you, they grew in size. And that's you playing Juno first. And what's incredible is if you're skilled at Juno first, as Wiggly and I are, you're able to shoot the monsters when they're just a pixel.
2: Mm-hmm. It's amazing. And it has all those things that I think went mm. on to inspire Yak Boy. Jeff. Jeff Minter. Okay, we're going to go with Minter. Is that what we're going with this oh, time? Oh, we're going
0: with Minter this time. Okay, Minter we're is... going with.
2: Okay. yeah, Mitner, Minner. I think uh, I get in yeah, trouble I say Mitner. Mitner? Is it yes.
0: Mint, Mitner? I think it's Mitner.
2: <laughs> Won't get fooled again. Vega is Balrog, uh, oh my god, Balrog is M. Bison. You should see me trying to find a good working <laughs> Japanese ROM so that I can have their right names with the... <laughs> Fucking! What's going on out there? I'm trying to. We're not see. even at
0: the uh, number one yet. No Next celebration is happening. Outside. I know
2: it's crazy. They're sending the fire department. So hot, Juno first. <laughs> Juno first. You're firing over the limb in this 1983 game, and uh, there's all these sparkles happening, and just it's Fantavision. Is that what that was called for the PlayStation? Fan fan vision do not know something like that it was just fireworks okay. and oh yes that is what it was called yeah, yes it's yeah. like that it's like a couple other titles smushed together but done in 1983 and all i can say is is uh, play it because i don't know how konami did it and i wish they were still doing it yeah number three what's your number three babe let me uh let me hit you with some horns for number three uh, my number 3
0: is ladybug
2: ladybug yeah
0: 1981 by universal
2: okay so now we have two Maisie games
0: yeah and you know i had to give credit to ladybug because it is it, it's a good example of what universal was able to do which is take somebody else's idea and improve upon it instead of just copy it you know yes ladybug is a pack clone But there's other elements that are dumped in, as we talked about earlier, with gates. You're moving gates, you're opening doors. There's opportunities for point multipliers and bonuses and things like that. And Universal is a company we've talked about so many times in the past because they had this gambling aspect to their games where you would collect the word special
1: Mm -hmm. and
0: you would get an extra life. So there was this risk and reward. Or in some games, like Ladybug, Um, You would collect the word bonus and you'd actually get a credit to keep playing. So again, it's do I eat all the dots or flowers on the screen to complete it? Or do I leave a flower, try to get the prize that's in the little, it's not a ghost house because there's bugs, but the house that's in the center that are housing your enemies. Mm -hmm. Wait for all those enemies to get out so I can get that zucchini, get the 2,000 points wait till the letters are the right colors because that's the other thing is that there's there's these color shifts between when you collect a letter if it's not the right color it doesn't count towards spelling the word but it will give you points they just dumped in more ideas that actually work and it sounds like oh man it sounds like a bunch of stuff is tacked on right or it's spaghetti against the wall no it just works you play it for a couple rounds and everything just sort of makes sense the game does a really good job conveying what it wants you to do, plus what it is giving you the opportunity to do in case you want to go after that high score. I think it's really great. Um, It's a lot of fun. It's a game that I've revisited many, many, many times. And it's a lot of fun to play with another person um, because it's not simultaneous. You know, it's just like other maze games where you go and die and then your friend will go and (laughs) die. But the excitement of playing the game and seeing the little tricks that you can pull off by whether it's cornering yourself into the room by closing the doors or opening the doors up or little tricks that you're trading along the way. I don't know. I had a very communal experience playing this game, and that's why it's number three on my list.
2: Yeah, the doors are a great addition to a Pac-Man-style maze. They're more like levered doors. They're more like... Uh, turnstile style doors. Turnstile style doors, yes, but yeah. they don't have full four turnstiles. They only have, like, two? Yeah. Right. Yeah, something like that. Anyway, it's, they, they go the, the cardinal directions. It's either north, south, or east, west. And here's the equator. We're coming to number two. Number two for Wiggly. Here he comes. He's going to do another SNK. Yeah. 1990 League Bowl. Hey, let's uh, bowl. I knew it would be on your list. It had to be there, and it had to be yep. high up. It had to be high up. What could be higher than League Bowl? That's a big mystery. Mm. And you'll have to wait till Mm. next time to find out here on We Talk
1: Games,
2: (laughs) League Bowl is still my favorite bowling game ever of all time. I always have to mention this. If you don't know about it, if you have the Wii bowling, and everybody knows they have a Wii in their closet somewhere, or somebody has it, their aunt, their granny, somebody has the Mm -hmm. Wii. Go get out the Wii Sports, the very first one where you do the bowling, and everyone did the bowling even on the television. Do the practices, because if you do a practice, you can keep putting out pins. Say do right. 10 pins, then you could do 20 pins, then you can get up to 100 pins, and you could throw a ball at 100 pins. And if that is fun, league bowling is twice as fun as throwing a, a bowling ball at 100 pins. Mm -hmm. Um, it's just done so right. Everything's right about it. It's split screen. There's another bowler on the other side. Or if you're playing solo, there's uh, just a score score card person um, there and half a pie and (laughs) half a pie. Yes. (laughs) Or you could do two players simultaneously. Or You can do it four, four I think, right? That's right. Yeah. You could join two machines together, or if you're at home, you could join two AES systems and two televisions together with four yeah. joysticks and two copies of the game and a really long stereo mini jack cable, RCA cable. That's all you needed. You didn't need a special cable to buy it. You just needed two $800 game systems yeah. and four $100 joysticks and uh, two $500 televisions. Right. Boom. It's just that easy. So accessible. <laughs> and I did it. Yeah, you know I did I,
0: Going back to that communal experience, that's another attribute to this game is if you played this in the arcade or you played this with another person, it really just enhanced the experience.
2: Oh, man, me and my girlfriends or wives or, you know, my harem, we used to play this and you can never go wrong. You can never not have fun. They have different modes of play. You could play straight up bowling where you, you bowl your uh, 10 frames there's even some settings for the seventh beer frame now normally you had to go to the arcade and hopefully had that turned on for you to see it but if you have a hack neo geo like i do you're yeah. able to throw some switches and bingo bango, boingo you get the all it is is two beer steins clashing together beer frame right um there's very anim- there's very animated character that you are you're behind the character you begin to choose different ball sizes. It's the old arrow going back and forth and press the button to stop it mm-hmm. when you want to release. The nice thing yeah, about it's this is
0: visually improved as, visually as opposed improved? to
2: like something like Capcom bowling, which is very mm-hmm. rudimentary. Right on. But here's the nice thing about league bowling is let's say, Oh, you threw it a little bit too far to the left. You stop the thing. Now you can walk to the right and you can throw with more power. Now it's going to go more straight down the lane. So you have a chance to course correct after you stop your first arrow on which direction you want to pitch the bowling ball. And you can put spin on. You can do all different types of crazy things. It's really nice. And the animations when you get a strike or a spare or a turkey or a split or, oh, my God and he's eating hamburgers, and he's blowing bubblegum, <laughs> and it's all just so much great artwork, great pixel art. Oh, my God, the scaling of the, the, ball, of the ball going towards the pins and the pins coming towards you, just I'll, remarkable. I'll tell you what, when I thought that uh, Flash was
0: going to be, like, the future of gaming mm-hmm. is because I remember going to Newgrounds and playing league bowling in the browser on Flash, because oh, you know, gotcha. some fan had recreated it. And I was like, well, if they can do this, they can do anything <laughs> with Flash.
2: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah if it only wasn't such a piece of poop. Yeah. And getting hacked all over the place. Well, But yeah, that was another game be- that was on my long list, but just didn't make the cut. So you can play regular regulation. You can play... Um, I think it's strike 50, which means that every time you get a strike, it's worth 50 points. and So you can get really, really high scores, you know. It's strike 90. Strike 90. Yep. So a strike is worth 90, and a spare is worth 50, I think. Well, whatever it is, your scores yeah. are you f- get, phenomenal. You know, huge scores, yes. yeah. And then the, the last one is, uh, what is that, flash? I guess it's called yep. flash. Yes. flash. It's timing as well, because your strikes are worth so many, and your spares are worth so many as this light goes over top these numbers back and forth and back and forth. So releasing your ball at the right time might allow you to score a big, big 100 points or something or yeah. uh, 50 they're points fluctuate for It fluctuates from spare.
0: 100 to
2: 500 being the max. Okay, very good, very yeah. good. Yeah, so lots of different ways to play league bowling and uh, all of them are great and you really don't get tired of the game until you're tired. You get physically tired before you get tired of the game. Right. That's my number 2. What's your number 2? Friend, here it comes. All right. Number 2.
0: My number 2 is Mr. Do. Wow. 1982 mm-hmm.
2: by Universal. Uh, That's uh, two Universals well, in a row. Yeah,
0: well, no it rhyme. was going to be um it was going to be two Universals in a row or two namcos in a row because originally uh for my number two i had dig dug and then i tossed and turned about it and i was like would i rather play dig dug or mr do and mr do won out and the reason why is because mr do was a recent discovery for me whereas mr uh, mr dig dug mr dig 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 dug is a game that I grew up with and I have a lot of fond memories of. You know, we've talked in the past about really three console generations behind everyone else Mm -hmm. growing up. So while people were, were enjoying Super Mario Brothers, I was playing Atari 2600. And one of the better games for the 2600 was Dig Dug. I really enjoyed Dig Dug and I enjoyed Dig Dug for years. But because of this show and exploring different titles, I finally gave Mr. Do a try. And this is where I discovered how unique Universal as a company is. And we won't get redundant because I've already expressed what made Universal interesting. But Mr. Do is very much a spiritual successor to Dig Dug and does a much better job being a sequel to Dig Dug than Dig Dug 2 does. Mm. That's not knocking Dig Dug 2. Mm -hmm. I enjoy that game, but it would definitely not be on my top 30 list. Whereas Mr. Do takes the Dig Dug formula and ramps it up to a trajectory that you'd expect. Whereas Dig Dug 2 is kind of just a totally different mechanic and that's okay. Dig Dug 2
2: was progressing a narrative. It was progressing a storyline. Now let's bring Mr. Dig Dug up above the ground.
0: Yeah, Kenzo Hori I think is Mr. Dig Dug's real name. (laughs) I'm going to keep calling him Mr. Dug. He's Mr. Dug.
2: Dig Dug to me.
0: But uh, yeah, Dig Dug started below ground and now Dig Dug too. He's above ground. Whereas Mr. Do is below ground, fighting monsters, collecting fruits, um, has a weapon. You know, Pac-Man yo with yo. a weapon. This is Dig Dug with a weapon. Yeah, it's a, it's a yo-yo or a bouncy ball, whatever it is. Uh, you're oh, using it you to attack he's a enemies. Clown? <laughs> he is a clown. And that's why I stayed away from this as a kid. Because to me, this just looked like the jankiest piece of garbage ever oh, with the wow. clown. And the, the visuals didn't look as good to me as Dig Dug did. And so for years, I would see this cabinet and never play it. And I didn't play it until we did the show and discovered, wow, I really enjoy this game. And it has got the same risk and reward elements that are popular with the Universal titles that I've already expressed. With now I'm going to
2: feel all bad when I tell you my number one game is Circus Charlie. <laughs> you hate the clowns we haven't talked about Cir-
0: circus charlie and i don't think we're going to start uh, tonight <laughs> no no
2: no it's getting but uh busy. yeah
0: mr do if you haven't tried it and you like the dig dug f- formula this is a no-brainer play
2: this game i think we reviewed all of them yeah yeah even neo mr do did we maybe oh we did yes for Neo we f- we we Got. oh okay good we did neo bomber and neo mr do I I don't know.
0: You listening at home, you find out. Go to wetalkgames.com slash in the can, type in Mr. Dew and see what we talk
2: about. Mr. Dew's your number two. Wow. And league bowling's my number two. Wow. Two great games that go great together. Like Heisey and Turkey. So before our number one announcements, Mm -hmm. I mean, that's a big deal. We're two guys that really are, you know, we're young and fresh. We're on the cusp <laughs> right here. We are I don't like game We're like the game me guys. You want to know about games. We talk them. So before true. we get to our number ones, let's go through a list of the games that we thought about. They didn't quite make it, not because they shouldn't have made it, but because we had to, you know, go through this shuffle of games.: Oh sure. So what were the games that you thought about, and then you had to whittle them down to 11?
0: Oddly enough, I thought a lot about Sega Derby Owners Club.
2: <laughs> wow, yeah. You know what? I th- There was a horse racing game in my list as well.
0: You would see these a lot in the uh, early 2000s. You'd see them in the Dave & Busters. It was the, oh, that
2: one, that one, okay.
0: The, about 12 kiosks and a giant screen in front of it, and, and people would sit there. Uh, very odd types would sit in front of these machines for hours, and they would race and breed horses, and I just tried it on a lark just to be you know different and i'm like what is this game all about and i found it very appealing and addictive and i raced my horse whose name was (laughs) (laughs) f-u-c-t and um, i would upset a lot of people when i was playing (laughs) that horse who took the game very seriously and i I started as a joke, but I began to take the game very seriously to the point where I had like eight horses. And what was cool about the game was you could save your progress. It would actually print out a card and there'd be like a little magnetic strip on this paper card. And so when you return to the arcade, you could put your card in and keep racing and, and improving your horse and training your horse. And the horses would get old after so many races, so they wouldn't do so well. And you could breed them with another horse to make a new horse. Yeah, I don't know. It just it hooked me. Right on. Uh, another, another game I thought a lot about, uh, and I grew up with this game, was Centipede. I've talked about this in the past. My father had a Centipede arcade cabinet, <laughs> and he sold it to get my mom a tennis bracelet. <laughs> Biggest mistake he's probably ever made in his life. Uh, <laughs> but uh, the Centipede machine, I played a lot of. It just didn't make the cut, but it is one of my favorite shooters. Oddly enough, Crystal Castles was another trackball game I thought long and hard about. Another iteration of the Pac-Man formula, but in this isometric 3D, pseudo-3D view, and use a trackball to uh, guide Billy Bear around the different levels of the maze and avoid enemies. Let's see Once again, on
2: an arcade 1-Up, you can get that arcade 1-Up, you can get the Crystal Castles, and you can get the Centipede and the Millipede.
0: Right. And then, of course, uh, Prop Cycle, I did mention, and it was on my list as one of these unmameable games. I love Prop Cycle. You love Prop yeah. Cycle. You can't play it at home. I think everybody loves it, yeah. I will tell you, if, if it's still there, I don't know. Weir's Beach in New Hampshire, not Fun Spot, but Weir's Beach on the boardwalk, mm-hmm. there's several little arcades there, and they have some vintage EM machines. You know, we're talking like shooting toy tanks in a glass box. They have a lot of pinball machines, and there was a Prop Cycle machine at one of these arcades and it worked perfectly Mm. um and if you're not familiar with prop cycle it's a game where you're controlling a flying machine and you fly the machine through rings and hit balloons and the way that you do this or you power the machine is by pedaling on a bike Mm -hmm. so we talked about looking like a fool sitting on top of (laughs) a fake motorcycle well you look like a fool sitting on top of an exercise bike Pedaling, you know, as hard as you can, (laughs) or sometimes you may not want to pedal so hard. It's a very peaceful game. Oh, yeah. Peaceful. This young boy on his flying machine around these, um, I don't know, canyons, uh, collecting points. Think Knights. If you're not familiar with Prop Cycle, but you're right, familiar with right. other things in the Sega catalog, Knights, it's it's very much like that. What's very cool about the cabinet, aside from being on a bicycle, is that there's a fan in the cabinet that blows wind in your face where it's appropriate.
2: I love getting blown when I'm on a bicycle.
0: Who doesn't? Yeah. So yeah, Prop Cycle, it's a game that we've talked about a lot on the show, but uh, obviously we can't give it a
2: proper review you know, by playing I, it at home. I, I, I think people don't, look at you like a goof as they did with Hang On. Because uh, when you're pedaling, even though you might look goofy, they see the screen and you're flying through the air on a bicycle that you're pedaling. So that's mm-hmm. pretty cool thing to be able to do. When riding Hang On, you're just riding a motorcycle. Yeah, yeah you look yeah. like you're playing make-believe. That's right. <laughs> Whereas on prop cycle, you're actually pedaling. And you're actually in make-believe. Yes.
0: Uh, <laughs> in I also had uh, Mario Bros. on my list. Oh I had, yeah. Uh, yeah, I had Tapper on my list. I felt that these titles were too familiar. And again, it, uh, imagining looking at all these cabinets, what are the 11 that I'm just going to keep going back to? And mm-hmm. that's how I culled it down. So while I love Mario Bros., I'm playing Gyrus more. Mm-hmm. You know,
2: Mario Bros. So. is a hard one to
0: not have on the top 11. Yeah. Yeah. It really is. So uh, what are your games that didn't make the cut before you give your number one?
2: Oh, boy. Okay, Turbo Outrun, 1989 by Sega, the cockpit version. You had a low and high gear shift. Love Mm -hmm. Turbo Outrun. Boogie Wings was one from 1992, Dad East. Oh, you know what? fantastic game. I didn't consider that, and I should have, because that is a fantastic game. You have to play Boogie Wings at the Great Ragtime Show. It's a shooter, but it will be so bizarre and so much your favorite game that you need Mm -hmm. to play Boogie Wings 1992 by Daddy East. And while you're at it, play the Outfoxies 1995 by Namco. I did consider Outfoxies. Because Outfoxies is sort of like Power Stone, except side view, elevator action, and, (laughs) and just all these really great games put into a fighting game. It's like Die Hard. Die Hard 2 in the arcade. Not the, the characters like the are so odd in that game. You have a monkey, you have twins. Uh, yep. It's amazing. The when, when they show your face, it zooms in and you're like, your face is made out of three pixels. These levels, they never end. You're on the top of a building and this helicopter crashes into the building and you're fighting one another and the helicopter starts dropping through other floors of the building and you're going down till you finally get to like the the people are having dinner and then you get into the basement uh and there's this aquarium with a giant whale above it and then you smash the shark tank and all the tanks in the aquarium starts flooding with the water and it's just it's just insanity i would Um,
0: have swore this was on your list which is why it wasn't on mine alfoxy's yeah yeah. it was very hard not to put on. you, yeah, you turned me on to this game, and it's absolutely incredible. the The set pieces that Wiggly is describing, it's no exaggeration. This isn't hyperbole. This is like legitimately what happens. And at certain times within the stage, it happens regardless of what you're doing on top of being a destructible environment. Mm-hmm. So you're affecting the environment. The environment's affecting you, and they're humongous. And it's it has this scale and stretch where it's like, you're five pixels big, (laughs) you know what I mean? Or you're consuming the entire screen. It's really just one of the most interesting, what would you call it, deathmatch games?
2: Yeah, 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 that's To ever be created creator of, that we've ever played. Yeah, I really compare it to Power Stone a lot, except it's 2D and the environments are huge. Way bigger, way bigger. But most people have played Power Stone and almost everybody that's played Power Stone loves Power Stone so uh definitely check out the foxes and i think even if you don't like power stone even if you like just like street fighter or something like that i think you're gonna love the Alfoxies. i also had nihon systems uh, 1987's free kick but it's just too goddamn hard mm-hmm. it's uh breakout reimagined right. as soccer but it's just really really goddamn hard um spider-man 1991 by sega talk about scaling and beautiful graphics and beautiful artwork and the, one of the best spider-man one of the best superhero games in the arcade i think there's no doubt about that spider-man 1999 one by sega it didn't make it because uh it gets a little bit too repetitive sure if i was going to start say at 16 instead of 11 i would go with nitro ball 1992 by daddy east Nitro oh, Ball, you're that's a, a good pull. shooter, yeah. you're a pinball machine. There's another one we played together. <laughs> I love that game. I just yeah. love it. It's one surprise after another. You're Merc, but then you can turn into a pinball. <laughs> okay, I would say smash a TV. Smash TV, and you can turn into a pinball. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Number 15 would have been Popeye, 1983 mm-hmm. Nintendo's R&D 1. Moon Patrol was up there. I, another Irem game by 1982, but I edged out Moon Patrol with uh, with the Irem game I spoke of, Penguin Wars 1985 by UPL. Oh my God, is it's Penguin a lot Wars of fun. fantastic? Penguin Wars came out for the Switch as well, so check that out. A new yes, version of uh, Penguin Wars and uh, City Connection. I
1: it's love that game. game.
2: Yeah. City Connection. There's too many by good Galico. games. Too many good games. Also called Cruisin'. But here's my favorite version of it. In Japan, it's actually called Shitty Kanekushan. <laughs> Shitty yeah. yeah. Kanekushan. I, I got the joke. I got it. He, but that's what it's called. Shitty. S H I T I. No, in Japan it, it does. But it, I yeah. mean it's spelled S H I T I. Oh, is it really? Yes. I'm not oh, trying I did to not be, know that. No, I'm not trying to be. Uh, I a, thought you were trying to be just a jerk. Uh-uh. <laughs> yeah. no, no. Shitty Kanekushan which is, you know, wow. English uh, as spoken through Japanese. Right. Uh, then Environmental Disitron the would have definitely made it, 1983 mm-hmm. by uh, Bally Midway. But the other ones just happened. And then the final one I wanted to mention was 1981 by Nutting. We did review this one, Wizard of War. And I mentioned Wizard of War.
0: Wizard of War is a great title, too. You know, I spent a couple hours just thinking about it, and now that you're saying some of these games, I might have to change up my list. <laughs> Uh-oh!
2: Yeah. yeah see that's how it is we're once we're done with this top 10 tomorrow we'll have another top 11 and another top. I, you know
0: i wouldn't 10. i wouldn't mind going uh back and doing another top 11 and maybe um focusing it
2: by genre mm, very good idea because we've never done any type of thing like this before so mm. are we ready for my number one i'm ready to hear your number one Number one. <laughs> Eleven o'clock at night. My number one is Tournament Cyberball 2072, 1988 oh. by Atari. Cool. It's That's football cool for pick. the 21st century. Yeah. Good job, Atari. Really put it way out there that you know everybody's gonna be dead. That's how you do it. That's how you make predictions. Uh, Midway also uh, was a part of this, as well as uh, Arcade Treasures. So check out Tournament Cyberball. You are robots playing football. So we had robots playing baseball, which was awesome. Uh, Mm -hmm. Robots playing football is even not more awesome, but it's another sport with robots. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and to this day, it still has a strong, well, a strong following, a
1: yeah. cult
2: following yeah. where there's tournaments still being played. There's tournament cyberballs. Yep. And I played it in the tournament machine. The, the difference between the tournament machines and the regular machines is the regular machines just one person playing. The tournament yeah. machine was um, shaped sort of like a triangle where you would be close to each other, but you couldn't see each other's screens. So you were sort of like, a, not at a 90-degree angle, but a little bit more obtuse type of angle, but not able right. to see the other person's screen. It was really, really cool. They do this such in such a neat way, this three-quarter type of view of the field. You pick certain plays, and you hit your receiver by just the direction that you put... Sh- You push your joystick and it lights up a little crosshair of where the person should be, where your robot should be when they try to catch the ball. This one too, you have tank type robots, you have people robots that are running around uh, like a bunch of yo-yos with their heads knocked off. Your objective is to get to the 50 yard line where you diffuse the ball. The ball keeps getting more and more hot radioactive until it blows up all in your face, blows all to hell. Common theme definitely and in the future uh, sports are deadly they are man they are watch out look out that ball is gonna blow and then if, once you get past the 50 yard line then your next goal is the uh the in goal <laughs> the infield the <laughs> touchdown what do you call that? end zone the end zone the home run zone yes it's really cool how they fake scale the field towards you interesting feeling really weird feeling and uh feeling like you're doing something special 1988 cyberball 2072 check it out now here comes your number one Number one. All right, thanks.
0: The noise is so loud that on my end, it just saves my ears and cuts your mic. Oh. (laughs) All right, I hope I don't disappoint everybody. Just remember this is for the real and from the heart. These are the actual games that I feel I would play the most of. My number one is truly my number one. Video, it's not even my favorite video game, uh, uh, arcade game of all time. It's my favorite video game of all time. It's Miss Pac Man, 1982, by. <laughs> Namco. Well, actually, by Bally Midway. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Fuck you, taken Namco. Back by Namco. Now you're you like, like hey, wait Apples. a second.
2: You guys can't do this. <laughs> Great um, story behind Miss Pac Man. Fantastic. Great pick. No doubt about yeah, it. No
0: doubt about it. It's, look, it's Pac Man, but it's better. It is. If I have have the option between the two, I'm playing this Pac-Man. And so is any sane person. Fucking pretzel, yo. You got the pretzel, and it bounces around the screen. The ghosts don't have such a set pattern. Um, The stages actually change. There's little cinematics, which, whatever, gives you a little break, I guess, to sip your Pepsi. Mm -hmm. I love this game. I'm particularly good at this game. I'm not one of these record holders. I'm not going to be outed for cheating by splicing tape or anything like that you know but i'm i'm serviceable in the game wiggly has seen this firsthand or i can you know chill there on one credit for a while oh yeah uh, and it's because i've played a lot of
2: it and at hyper with the, speed though you like that hyperspeed yeah
0: now and some people this goes to the going back to the weirdos who are part of like uh the the record holdings the, there is a, a thought out there that the Faster speed is easier than the slower speed. I'm pretty good at both, but I do prefer the dip switches set to the hyperspeed where everything moves really quick. Um, It's more fun for me. I like games that have a sense of speed. Ramping up the speed in Ms. Pac-Man, to me, just hits all the right notes. It's a solid title, and it's a perfect arcade game. I can't think of anything they could have done to make this game better. Everything that you
2: could possibly want from this play mechanic for me is there we got it you know our number ones are two really great games that you can go back to and not worry about starting over from the beginning who cares if you get the apple again who cares right. if you, you know it doesn't matter the the fun is in the chase no pun intended and untaken cyberball you jump in it's never the same game twice right you know these are two great games league bowl same way what was your number two again uh, Mr. Mr. Do. do, Mr. Do, Mr. N- do. Another game. It doesn't matter if you're on the first level. No.
0: Yeah, these are the games you can go back to again and again and
2: not get bored, in our opinion. Right on, man. Hey, I think this was a great top 11 list. I want to do it again sometime. Cool. Uh, just not with you. Yeah. But <laughs> I don't want to do it with me, to be honest. <laughs> no, I love doing it with you. I think that we, we didn't overlap one single game. It's surprising, and I
0: I do love the fact that Juno First was on your list, because I felt gutted when I took it
2: off mine. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, the whole process of coming up with this was really fun for me. Oh, me uh, too. Yeah, yeah, it's really fun, and it's hard. And I think that's a testament to the games we have reviewed. Like I said before, you know, people would say Turtles and Pac-Man and games that that everybody knows a billion times over and that's cool they are great games but it tells me that i don't think these people have played the great ragtime show
1: i don't think that these
2: people have played these other titles so you know it's a street fighter two and you know these are these games set the precedence for years to come but this is my top 11 that's your top 11 right and we thought about this we deliberate deliberated. braided by yes death death braid was going to be my number one but then i didn't want you to drive down here and kill me i would have had a bite of lead pipe and jump off the roof hey everybody (laughs) thank you so much for joining us this our first ever top 11 list of lists of things of times and stuff and guys and men and dudes well, and before tights. we go, didn't you have an announcement for next week? That's the whole reason I wanted to do this. Ha, yeah. ha, ha. Stay tuned for next episode, I whether won't it's be next there. week or the week after, where we're going to have a special guest on from the industry. Once again, taking it back to before we went to Arcade Weekly, we're going to have a special, and it's not, I consider it more of an interview than reviewing one game. We're not doing the celebrity guest host, we're doing mm-hmm. an actual. Going back to the interview type of thing. We've interviewed this person before. They're very, very influential in their field, and I'm looking forward to talking to him again. Great. Well, I'm looking forward to listening to it. Stick around, kids. That old Pappy. I don't know. All right. It's late, man. It's really late. This is a two hour episode almost. Joe, go to bed. Hey, everybody, thanks for joining us. I hope that you like us. Bye-bye. Bye.